The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Let It Fly show. I am Michael Severe. We are live inside the Let It Fly sports bar. My partner in crime, Josh Jones, Creighton Blue Jay, and Central Eagle is off tonight because it's his beautiful wife's birthday, and so he couldn't make it, but we have a busy show for you. It's going to be a loaded sports bar tonight, matter of fact. Uh, Let It Fly sports bar in the Capital District, elevated, unique sports bar. Got two things going on. One, Creighton plays tonight against UConn because we're taping this on a Wednesday night. Great has never beaten a number one team ever, so they have a chance to do that tonight, and they've kind of owned UConn over the last few years. And the Omaha Supernovas, Novas, Novas, I sound like I'm from a different kind of place. The Omaha Supernovas are having their kind of kickoff party here tonight at Let It Fly Sports Bar as well. They play, again, we're taping on a Wednesday, one week from tonight, 7 o'clock at CHI. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet or if you haven't had a chance to get season tickets, do that now. We're going to talk to a couple of their players tonight. Natalia Valentin Anderson, who is from Puerto Rico, and Brooke Nunveller. Nunveller. I'm not sure. We're going to have to ask her what it is. I'm not sure what it is. But uh, those two players, uh, Brooke actually played at Oregon. Very good player there, three-time All-American. And Natalia, as I said, mentioned she's from Puerto Rico, but she played at Florida International here and is the captain of the Puerto Rican national team right now. So we'll talk to her uh, coming up. And then virtually we'll catch up with Adrian Martinez, former Husker quarterback. We'll chat with him about what's going on in his life and, and what's next. You know, he got picked up by the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL. The USFL, of course, is now merged with the XFL, so it's the UFL. We'll see what's happening with him. want to remind you, um, anytime you come out to Let It Fly Sports Bar, great things to eat, wonderful things. Game day menu today. This used to be four quesadillas, four slices of quesadilla. It's the pulled pork quesadilla, which is absolutely delicious, I know, because I ate those. Actually, Meg took one. I ate one, and I was starting to eat another one, and then I found out that the thing we recorded, it didn't work. Thanks, Val Elvis. Appreciate that. Didn't work. So I'd already started biting. I want to tell you that the meat inside of here, the pulled pork, is smoked right in-house, which is one of the smartest things they could do. Have an extra hot oven for your pizzas and smoke your meats right here in-house. And that's what they did. And so I tell you, whether it's brisket or the pulled pork, it's absolutely delicious. If you haven't had the quesadilla yet, get the quesadilla. It is on the game day menu. It's a limited menu for game day. but And then you get a little bit of sauce. You dip it in, I'll take a little bite. Recreating what I did the first time when Val was in taping. Eat, drink, and have fun, and do it with our brand new sponsor. Our brand new sponsor is Bud Light. And here is the slogan for the <laughs> sponsorship. I love it. It's great. Bud Light brings you easy drinking and easy buckets throughout Nebraska. What they're saying is whether you're drinking or you're watching some basketball, which we'll be doing tonight here at Let It Fly Sports Bar, you're going to have a good time. Easy to drink, easy to enjoy as well. Before we get to our guests, one more thing about food. Friday night special is the pizza special. If you haven't had the Mike Hot Honey and Jalapeno pizza yet, come to Let It Fly Sports Bar on a Friday. It's just 10 bucks. 
10 bucks is the special. They have the cheese pizza and the Mike's Hot Honey and Jalapeno one as well. And it's just 10 bucks. So check that out as well. Other things happening. Let It Fly Sports Bar this week. Thursday night's steak and fries special always. 20 bucks. NFL watch party. Playoff games going on on Saturday and Sunday. And then Creighton Men's Basketball takes on Seton Hall. It's going to be packed in here. 11 a.m. early, get you a little bit of a brunch kind of meal while you're watching it, playing the other team that's at the top of the Big East in Seton Hall, and then Northwestern at Nebraska. That's at 1.15 as well. You can watch that in the sports bar. And then on Sunday, the Creighton women are taking on Villanova at 11 a.m. Let's hit the biggest story before we get to our guest this week, and it is what Nebraska football did in terms of changing up their coaching staff. A lot of talk was on making sure you had someone that could really teach quarterbacks. You're bringing in Dylan Raiola, the number one ranked quarterback. His family has shown you that they're willing to move around to go find good coaching. They did that in high school. And so I'm sure Matt Rule knew he needed to do that as well. He went out and got a guy who worked with quarterbacks with him both at Temple and at Baylor. And he's bringing in Glenn Thomas, who most recently was in the NFL with the Steelers, coached all over the place. Arizona State, he's been there. UNLV. Um, I mentioned in the NFL with the Atlanta Falcons for a while. So you bring in a guy who knows how to coach quarterbacks. You've got this quarterback room with two true freshmen, Daniel Kaline and, uh, and Dylan Raiola. And then you have a guy who, even though he's had eight starts, and even though Heinrich Carberg is, a, I believe, a fourth-year junior, still doesn't have a lot of experience. So you don't have a lot of experience in the room. And because of that, I think you want to bring somebody in specifically to work with the quarterbacks. And then Josh Martin, who coached tight ends last year after Bob Wager got dismissed, I guess you'd call it, or resigned, he's going to move back to being an analyst. And then Marcus Satterfield will take over coaching both the offensive coordinator spot and he'll be coaching tight ends as well. It makes sense. The question still there out there, though, is will Nebraska go out and make a move to bring in another veteran quarterback? What we've seen in the last 20 years here at Nebraska is that very rarely will you have one quarterback all year. The last quarterback to start all the games in a season was Tommy Armstrong, I believe, in 2013. I believe that's correct. The last time someone started all the games. So it doesn't happen a lot. So they didn't get some veteran experience. I'm not sure if they can go into portal and find somebody willing to come in and compete with the number one quarterback in the country. I'm not sure they'll do that. But it wouldn't be bad to have something like that. So having a guy in here who has worked with quarterbacks before, understands that, could certainly facilitate that as well. But it's going to be interesting what ends up happening because so far Nebraska's added players at every spot they needed, bringing in veteran wide receivers, a very talented, not experienced running back out of Oregon. They brought in an offensive guard with 40 starts. Um, so they brought in everybody they needed. They brought in a linebacker for the inside linebacker spot with a lot of starts as well. So they've done everything they need. The question is, will they then go get themselves another quarterback to be in that room? We are going to be joined by two members of the Omaha Supernovas. They're coming up after the break right here on Let It Fly Show. Ah, Sunday. You take a morning walk to pick up burgers and beers. You tidy the house for 10 fellow football fans. And your biggest chore? Floating the Bud Light into the fridge. It all pays off because nothing is as easy to enjoy as a Sunday full of football. And beer. Bud Light. Easy to Sunday. Easy to enjoy. Bud Light is the official beer sponsor of the NFL. Enjoy responsibly. 21 plus, copyright 2023, Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. All right, welcome back to Let It Fly show. We are joined by two members of the Omaha Supernovas. They're having a huge celebration getting ready one week away from the start of the season. Brooke Nuneveller from Oregon. Yes. Close enough? <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. And uh, Natalia... 
Um, Valentin Anderson joining us as well. We appreciate you guys taking the time. So we are experiencing the coldest stretch we've had in more than two decades. Mm-hmm. How are you dealing with it? <sighs> You're from Puerto Rico, so how oh are you dealing with it? Oh, my gosh. I am <laughs> struggling here, really. <laughs> like, I've lived in Omaha since 2018, but I've not lived here fully. So this is my first experience with the winter here. And I just hope God knows that I'm going to live here for a long time and he starts treating me better because <laughs> <laughs> this is brutal for me. But yeah. yeah. It's brutal for us too. And we live here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. What about you? You're, you're in Oregon. Obviously, it doesn't get as cold as it does here. I was, but I mean, I'm originally from Arizona. Arizona. Chandler, up, right? Chandler. Grew up there for 18 years. So yeah. we're both from places where it can get 90 plus. For me, it can get to 120. So. Yeah. Feeling like negative 41 degrees outside was a, just a little a little chilly for me, but we're getting accustomed. I'm glad that we're in the 20s now. Chandler has so many great athletes that have come out of there. Mm-hmm. Give me somebody that you knew or that you hung out with, you went to school with, that went on to make, make it big in sports. Um, I feel like there's a lot of people from Arizona in general. Um, I know that there was one football player that was a quarterback that went to Oregon. Um, his name was Tyler Shuck. He's at a okay. and I think now. Or no, Texas Tech. He's at Texas Tech. Okay. And so there's a ton of different examples like that. Lots yeah. of baseball players, oh, football. Yeah. Um, I know I went to school with Marvin or yeah, Marvin Bagley at Corona for a year. Oh, okay. yeah. So he got drafted to the Kings. Not sure where he's at now, but there's so many examples. No doubt. It's a lot of talent down there. Mm-hmm. Tell you, let's talk about your husband, who is from Omaha, who I covered in high school at Omaha West Side. He's very good. Colt Anderson. How'd you guys meet? Oh, at school, right? Yes, we met at Florida International University. He played football. I played volleyball. And the first time we met, I knew zero English. It was, oh, really? Yes. He thought, I, he, he thought he was hilarious because I would laugh at everything he said. <laughs> <laughs> Little did he know, I knew nothing about what he was saying. So... Um, that's the first time we met, and then it was a friendship that just bloomed into yeah. something mm. very you, special. How did you end up at FIU? How did you end up at FIU? Um, I was recruited okay. by the coach there. from. She went to Puerto Rico, watched me play. I was also being recruited by Penn State, but I already knew um, <laughs> Alicia Glass was going there, so maybe my chances of playing you know, uh-huh. as a starter were like limited. And so I decided to go to FIU also because of my language barrier. Okay. In between Arizona and Oregon, there's a bunch of states. Mm-hmm. Why, why did you decide to become a duck? I love the West Coast. Uh, I knew I wanted to go out of state and probably stay in the Pac-12 where, you know, ASU and U of A, I could play home twice. Um, Oregon was just far enough, I felt. And I also just loved the family environment, the community support in Eugene. My coach, who was a recent hire, I think he started as a head coach a year before I'd gotten there really pulled me to there and just made it feel like a second home for me. Tell you, you played all over the world. Right? Yes. Um, what was the feeling like when you found out that there was going to be a professional volleyball league in the States and have a team here where you already knew Omaha? I mean, I've said this a couple times, but I think it was divine intervention. Um, after 12, 13 years of playing pro, I was contemplating retirement because I wanted to be close to my husband and to my family and just be a little bit more stable in my home. Um, Long distance is hard. Going overseas is hard. Like you miss so many things with family, friends. And I think for me, I was in the edge of, you know, sometimes even a little depression, even if you're not meaning to, you know, it's just very hard for us as athletes. And yeah, I mean, when I heard about Supernovas and that they were interested in my in me coming in, 
I just always said it was divine intervention because there's a reason why I'm still here and there's a reason why I'm still playing. And yeah, I'm just very grateful. Mm-hmm. Azerbaijan, France, Poland, Italy, any place I'm missing? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Puerto Rico, obviously. Yeah, and then that's professionally, but internationally everywhere. <laughs> like wow. World Championships, Rio, yeah. 2016. Like, like internationally, I travel a lot with the team, so... It was just great volleyball, high-level volleyball that I have no doubt this league's going to bring as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Brooke, in terms of you played in Turkey, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about just the knowing that you played basically back in the States. Yeah, so I feel like my timeline has matched up so perfectly with like my goals and you know different things that I've been able to accomplish. So I graduated in with my fifth year at Oregon in December of 2022 okay. and immediately went to a half season overseas and I had chosen to go to Turkey. I had a fantastic experience there. Love my teammates. We exceeded our expectation on where we finished in the league, got to play against some very, very high level athletes. And I think it really prepared me for the national season and team season in the summer. And then I got to play in Athletes Unlimited with Nati yeah. where we met. Um, and then really this league just kind of sprung about. I feel like this year and I received the opportunity to play in May I believe uh, right when I was finishing up my uh, with my team in Turkey and you know it was just kind of meant to be I got to play have a little bit experience overseas play against really top athletes uh, international experience with the national team and then now I finally get to play at home in the states I listened to an interview that you did back when you were a freshman in Oregon mm-hmm. you were talking about being a libero and then also being an outside hitter and mm-hmm. you didn't get to jump for a while and you mm-hmm. had to go back to that. How, how hard is it transitioning between those two positions? I would say when I've been playing, if I don't have to play the position for such a long time, for example, if I'm playing libero for a month and then I'm going back to being an outside hitter, it's not as challenging. But my freshman year at Oregon, I really didn't take any jumps or swings for an entire season, which was very hard to then transition back to an outside hitter and you know get that vertical back up. I have had a ton of experience playing liberos, libero in summertime with USA Volleyball um, with the national team. I was both libero and outside hitter, but I think it's a transition I'm comfortable with. But when you play one of them for such a long period of time, it's definitely going to get you take longer to become adjusted to the other. Right, and and you're a setter. What's more gratifying, the the, the, the dig, the pancake dig, <laughs> or the perfect assist? Which one's more satisfying for you? Well, since I'm 5'10". Um. <laughs> it says that you're 5'10", and you love the beach. And I thought, what better place than being here in Omaha? Uh, no, um, I think for me, it's honestly blocking. I think I get underestimated mm-hmm. a lot. Right. Like some people, yes, obviously height and jump. But you got some hops. Yeah, she does. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like... It, there's so much more to blocking than just height and mm-hmm. um, jump. You know, it's right. timing. It's seeing the hitter and all that stuff. So when I get a block, I get so excited. Not because I don't think I can do it. I think it's just because I'm underestimated a lot. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, if they end up out of system and you know they've only got one place to go, you're smart enough to get to that spot. For sure, yes. That's awesome. What's the feeling been like so far? Because Nebraska's a volleyball state. Mm-hmm. Talk about football you want, but we're good at <laughs> volleyball. Um, what's, what's the reception been like from people that, that, that talk to you guys that you've met? It's been unbelievable for what I've experienced. I mean, Nati's been in Nebraska for a while now, but I step into the state. 
I'm wearing any supernova gear. Yeah. I'm walking into a coffee shop and I get questions immediately. There's been times where three people have come up to me and asked if I'm a part of the professional league, which is just such an incredible feeling because we've never had that experience before being able to play professionally in the States. And so to have that support system behind us, knowing that Nebraska is a volleyball state, it really is incredible to feel that support all the time. Did you find out the same time as your husband or did you know about the chance to play here before? He knew. I did you break it to him, or did, did you guys know it? We both time? knew at the okay, same time. Right. Yeah, we knew it was something, you know, in the cooks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, we just didn't know that Omaha will have a team, okay. you know. So that was that was great, yes. Mm -hmm. So how does it work when you're prepping to play a team like you will next Wednesday on the 24th that, have no, that has no tape, but you can't go back and, and watch them play? I know you can watch the individuals, and you probably know a lot of the young women that are on the teams, but mm -hmm. how do you scout? How do you prepare? For the Atlanta vibe. That's a great question. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think, like, we know most of the girls. Yeah. Um, which it'll, we can have an idea, but the beauty of the of the sport of volleyball is being able to adjust quickly. And I think our team has that capability mm -hmm. of adjusting um, as soon as you can, because whoever right. does that is the one that's probably going to end up with the win. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have very high IQ players that are able to do that. And you obviously you know what system they're in when they come mm -hmm. out, you know, and that kind of thing. And you just adjust as you go along. Same thing. Yeah, for sure. I think the team that's able to make changes quickly will win a match anytime. Yeah. Uh, I think also something that's really fortunate for us is in the Athletes Unlimited season, 90% of these girls are playing in this league. Okay, that's what I think. So I would say at, for Atlanta, probably what, six, seven yeah. I will maybe say, starters could be playing. Yes. Um, so I think we know a lot of the hitter tendencies. I'm sure at this level, you can do everything, right? But you can just follow those tendencies a little bit, and we have an idea from the Athletes Unlimited season. What do you think about the name The Vibe? <laughs> we, I don't know if they'll be vibing with us. <laughs> That's awesome. Can you talk to us about what it's like to play in the Olympics? Because you play at all these different levels. You're good your whole career, but you go and you represent your country in that situation. What was that feeling like? I mean, I, it's indescribable for me. Um, I think in the moment, like I was a little bit naive of what I was experiencing because I was like just trying to take everything in. But that moment when in the opening ceremonies I walked out that f huge stadium yeah. and that is something that's like imprinted in my, you know, in my memories, like key memories because the feeling I got, I've never gotten in my life. And I wish to have that feeling again because it was a great one. And I just think like as an athlete in any sport, that's your ultimate goal. You know, just to make it to the Olympics. And I had that privilege. You know, it was mm -hmm. the first time ever Puerto Rico was able to go to the Olympics. And I was a part of that. So wow. that, it just means a lot. Yeah. So I, I went to college late. I went to the Army first. So by mm -hmm. the time I got there, I was older than everybody else. And so I, I kind of thought of myself as being an uncle or a dad for some of those young people. Obviously, you've got different age groups here. Yes. Mm -hmm. how, how, do you have questions ever for her about all of her experiences? Do you kind of help out with some of the younger members of the team, whether it's here or Athletes Unlimited? For me, um, for the national team, there's a ton of different age groups too. Yeah. So I had some previous experience from that, playing in Turkey as well. Yeah. 
Athletes Unlimited, I think the age range was what, like 22 all the way to 41, 42. 42. So we had a really big gap. We got to experience a lot of different veteran players with some rookies. And I would say for me personally, I am so blessed to be able to take any sort of criticism or compliments from the vets that we have on our team. And Nati is definitely one of them. She'll give me any sort of feedback. She'll give me praise. So she's definitely someone that I always look to and I'm very proud to be playing with. Aww. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> too i mean i feel like she doesn't act like a rookie or like, like a young one mm -hmm. i don't you're not a rookie but like i feel like she has the capability of being a vet already like mm -hmm. that's where her mind is at in the sport and as a teammate which is very important when you play volleyball as well mm -hmm. what kind of coach is coach collier I think I mean, he, does he yell a lot. No, he, I, I think he's definitely a tough coach. Yeah. I think he's tough. Um, I think he holds us to a really high standard, which is crucial if you want to accomplish big things. Sure. And so, you know, I think he's doing great things for this team. I think he's brought in some incredible players, and I think we have all the pieces to do really great things this season. Again, I was reading about you, and they talked about you have a dog. Yes. Okay. <laughs> tell me about your dog and Bernie boy. Yeah, tell us about Bernie. <laughs> Bernie's great. I love that dog. He actually misbehaves a lot. I'm, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they all do, yeah. I call him Bernardo when he misbehaves, but um, he's a great dog. I'm just I'm just so happy to have him. Every time I go home after practice, like he greets me the same way. Yes. And it's just, it's I don't know, it's a great feeling because I hadn't had that for 12, 13 years. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. You like to cook? Yes, I do. Tell us what you uh, what you like to make. You have a specialty. <sighs> People always ask me this question, and I always say I just like to whip up whatever's in my fridge. I like that, yeah. So I I really hate wasting food. So like any produce that's going to go bad, I'll throw it in a soup or something, or nice. I'll make a scramble. Yeah. Um, I think the last three or four years, I've taken in a lot about nutrition and how it affects my play and like where I'm performing my best based on what I'm fueling my body with. So I think that's why I love cooking so much because I. Get to experiment with those types of things but definitely the more that i've cooked the last few years the better i've gotten <laughs> you're a food scientist oh yeah i wouldn't go that far food but, <laughs> but yeah. do you have a favorite um cooking show or cooking competition do you watch any of those yeah actually the great british baking show oh, yeah, and i'm not even that. gonna say i'm a baker because i am not a yeah, baker i'm so same me too so bad too i have yeah. to say yeah, yeah. When, they, when they as soon as they start giving you a recipe i'm like i'm out yeah I'm same out. i can't i might all by eye all by eye that way um, let's talk about the excitement of next week. Mm -hmm. What's is it um, some sort of anticipation? Are you excited? Are you nervous to get started? What's what's the feeling like? I'm like super excited. Like I'm more of a gamer. I think somebody said that today. I don't remember who it was, but I am more of a gamer than I am a practice player. And mm -hmm. so when the game comes, I'm just so excited to compete. You know, mm -hmm. and like figure it out. And I enjoy the process of the game. So. Yeah, I'm just very excited and just happy to be wearing Omaha Supernovas on my chest. Mm -hmm. Feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely. We actually did a run through in our squad scrimmage yesterday, and that was really exciting to see, you know, like the lights and the announcers and all the different things that we're going to have at the CHI Center. Mm. But I think something I'm most excited for is to see the support finally come together. I mean, we have people that have been working so hard behind the scenes, sure. selling season tickets, and I think we have 4,000 plus season tickets sold now. I, I'm ooh, sure ooh. we'll have even more people at the first game, and I'm just really excited to see all that hard work paid off yes so folks call you guys the novas you will always shorten things you know corn huskers huskers uh -huh. what do you what would you, you have to be called supernovas can we call mm. you the novas what do, what do you guys think 
Um, I like the Novas. I do too. I just don't know if they want it. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, sure. <laughs> I do like the Novas though. Yeah. Well, we're one week away. We're taping this on a Wednesday. It's the twenty fourth. First serves at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Again, like mentioned, tickets still available. You can still get season tickets as well. Uh, how can people follow you guys on social media? Anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. What's your social media account? Brooke Nunaviller, I think. Nice and simple. <laughs> that is not simple. <laughs> yeah, true. N U N E V I L L E R, and then Brooke with an E. With an E. Are you on? <laughs> Mine is N Valley. V-A-L-E-0-9. 09. nine. Okay, cool. We appreciate you guys taking the time. Yeah, Good thanks for having you. us. Thank, Thank you for having us. <laughs> All right, we're joined on the Let It Fly show by former Husker quarterback Adrian Martinez. Adrian, how you doing, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me. We appreciate you taking the time. Kind of go through this season for us because you obviously started off with the Lions and was played in the preseason season and then a lot of tryouts. Kind of walk us through this, what the season was like for you. Definitely. Well, just like anything else, you know, throughout my career, there, there's been lots of ups and downs, right? And uh, adversity is, is always part of the journey. And for me, I was felt like I, I definitely got better and I, I grew a lot in my experience with the Lions. Uh, and then after that, I've, I've had several workouts since then with different NFL teams. And I feel like I'm really right on the cusp. And so for me, this is my first fall, really not playing football in a long time. You know, it's it's been a while since I haven't been a part of a team. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't love that feeling. And I feel like it's added another chip to my shoulder. And uh, now I'm, I'm gearing up for the next step, which for me, as I'm sure, you know, is it's playing in the UFL, playing for the Birmingham Stallions. Yeah. When when is a uh, camp start for that? When do you have to report? Camp starts the 24th of February. And then the first game is March 30th. I want to go back to the the workouts when you go in say at Cincinnati, Jets, wherever, what do they do? They do the height, weight. Do they have you run? Do they have you throw, put you on a board? How's that? How's that work? Well, it's different. It's different with each place. And I I think that's something that's interesting about the NFL is that there are 32 distinct businesses and they all operate differently. They conduct business differently. And so I'll give you one example. You know, these, these things happen really fast and usually it's a 24 hour turnover. So I'll get a call on a, on a Monday night, like, Hey, the Browns want to work you out. They're going to fly you out tomorrow. You're going to get there late at night. You're going to turn around wake up in the morning and you're going to get to the facility. So wake up, ready to go. I got my little travel suitcase going. Uh, got to bring your own cleats and, uh, they fly you in. I get in at about 1130 at night in Cleveland. They have an Uber there to pick me up. I get to the hotel. I wake up 6am wake up. There's a shuttle service. There's about 10 of us. So me, five receivers, couple running backs, a linebacker, you know, different guys they want to see for whatever reason. Get us on the field immediately. No, no coffee, no breakfast, nothing. <laughs> you know, you get to the field and it's like, all right, let's, let's go do it. So you work out for about 45 minutes in front of all their coaches, all their staff, you know, scouting department, the whole bit. And, uh, and they shake your hand, you know, they huddle up, they talk about you, you don't know what they're saying, mm. and uh, you're on the next flight out of there. And so sometimes you get some feedback, you talk to scouts, uh, you know, in that particular instance, they're, you know, hey, we love you, you know, you did a great job. Uh, we don't know if the right time is, is right now, but maybe after the season, this and that, and you take whatever they say with the grain of salt, you move forward, and uh, you keep hoping that that next opportunity is the right one. Agent Martinez joining us here on the Let It Fly show. I know you are a real positive person. So each time you go to one of those, what are you thinking? You thinking, okay, this is going to work out. I'm going to get my shit, my shot. Because I, I know personally, I would be like, 
I, I don't think I'm going to get it after the first ones, but wh what were your thought pattern when you would go to these? Well, that's, that's definitely a battle, right? The, the mental aspect and, and keeping that mental edge and, and really that confidence that, Hey, this, this opportunity will be the right one that I'm, I'm going to do everything I can. And I think part of that, that whole process is understanding some of it's out of my control. And so for me, all I can really do is be prepared, stay in shape, feel like I'm improving while I'm not on a team right now. And that when someone does sign me, they're getting a hundred percent of me and, and even more, you know, and um, I haven't lost that. It, it is tough. And I've seen certain guys, you know, I'll give you an example. When I was in Houston, worked out for the Texans. There was again, about 12 of us. Mm -hmm. We did the workout in the morning, had breakfast. Then they sent us off to their hospital to, to do medical. So for me, I mean, you know, my injury history, they're, they're x-raying my whole body, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the whole bit, I'm in there for hours. There's a running back there that he had played for the Chiefs the year before, you know, his agent called him saying, hey, like, they don't want to sign you. And this is in the middle of this medical exam. And so Tech comes in like, hey, we want to get you for an x-ray for your knee. And he's like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm done. Like, give me an Uber out of here. Give me to the airport. And mm. You know, it's, it's tough. I get it. You know, it's definitely a, a grind and, and that kind of, that kind of space that myself and a lot of other guys are in, which is on the fringe of being in the NFL or, or not being in the NFL. It's, it's not easy. You know, I always talk to people at football is so different than ever the sport. Once you take off the helmet, it's not like you're going to go play weekend can football. You can go play basketball or pick up, play, pick up, play something. Have you put a timeline on, on how long you're going to give or is just, just, Keep going until people bring you opportunities. Well, it's it's one of those things that I think I'm constantly evaluating, and it's a mm -hmm. fine line to walk because at the end of the day, in order to make it, I have to 100% believe it, at least yeah. in my mind. So for me, I'm still putting everything I have into that. But as opposed to thinking about life after football, I'm trying to put those things together. So I'm still trying to make the moves to ensure that once football is done, when it is 100% done, I can transition into normal life after that. And so kind of combining those things, I'm going to keep pursuing this dream because when I look back in 20 years, the last thing I want is to look and be like, why didn't yeah. I, I, I keep pursuing it. I mean, there's, there's no reason not to, in my mind. Interned at that business office. Is, oh, is that what you're thinking about your future? I know you're, I know you're also doing some local radio and things like that. I've always thought you'd be really good doing broadcasting. Do you kind of know what you want to do after not yet not yet so that internship i was very fortunate um i thank trev alberts for that very much and, and working in the business office shadowing doug ewald uh the cfo there in the, the administration office and um it was a great experience for me something to put on my resume and and possibly see if getting into athletic administration is something i want to do and, and you kind of hit it on the head as well broadcasting uh doing some radio here and there those are all avenues that I could potentially see myself going in. And for me, it's, it's about keeping those options open and trying to get as much experience as I can while I can, before I make that, that final decision, if you will. When you think about, um, cause we had a, a guy on last guy on last went to Michigan, transferred to Alabama, finished his career there. And I asked him when people ask you where you went to school later, what will you say? Like, do you have two homes or, what is, was it like for you? I mean, you were at Nebraska for so long, but you had had some success at Kansas State. How do you how do you think about that? Where like where you went to school? Who'd you play for? For 
it's it's tough, you know, when you see those intros on Sunday night football and the guys yeah. have to say what college they went to. It's you know, I think about that for myself, you know, one day. I would say they mean different things to me. And Nebraska, I spent four years there. Uh, I have a degree from there. I recently just got a degree from K-State. Um, so really, it, it is both. And I don't know if one day I get on the Sunday night football game and I got to try and rush through Nebraska, Kansas State. But <laughs> I think I'm going to try, you know. <laughs> Adrian Martinez joining us here on the Let It Fly Show. Fly show. So you see so many guys going in the, going in the portal and going in the and unlike, unlike any other position as quarterback, because there's one guy playing most times, talk to me about how you went into Kansas State. Obviously, there was a guy who had played a little bit there, a little bit there, right? So how, do you, how do you handle it? How do you incorporate, how do you incorporate to almost like a new family? And, 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 and I know you were accepted, but how do, you, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you manage it? Well, you have to navigate it carefully. You do, because there's existing relationships. There's, you know, egos, obviously. And I think more than anything, you have to go in there and prove yourself despite me transferring in and maybe the perception that I was going to be the starter right away. That doesn't mean that the left tackle thinks that because he doesn't know me, you know? So I think that's the most important thing in that process, especially as a quarterback and as a potential leader, go in, get the respect of the guys, prove yourself and really start anew. I mean, for me, when I first got there, it was really weird putting on purple. You know, like even just <laughs> yeah. the little things like that, it's my identity was so wrapped up in Nebraska and everything that the end meant to me. So changing that and being like, okay, we're, we're all in on these principles. We're all in on the power cat, these different types of things. It's uh, it's a transition for sure. And I, I don't think that's something necessarily factored in nowadays as much. The other quarterback that was there with you, Will Howard, goes to transferring to Ohio State. What you, would you think about when you saw that, that he was uh, going to a team, a team that you battled against? Well, um, honestly, I'm, I'm happy for him. Will's one of my guys. Um, we stay in contact to this day. I know when he put his name in the portal, we've had, uh, we've had a lot of conversations, you know, about his different options, what he was thinking about doing, and, and kind of that question you just asked me, how did I transition to K-State so well? What was my approach? Because – he's going through a similar thing now at Ohio state. And uh, I think the world of him, and I, I think he's a great player and him going there, you know, I can see him becoming a top round pick, you know what I mean? Leading Ohio state to some success. That's a big deal. You obviously were really busy. I know and when you got a chance to watch Nebraska and, and watch how they played this year, obviously didn't end like they wanted to, but what'd you think about what Matt rule did and, and company with three, having to play three quarterbacks again? Well, there's some things you can't control and that's, that's tough. It's hard to win a lot of football games when that happens, when you have a lot of injuries, but it's part of the game. It's part of football. And I mean, you can turn on your TV right now, all the, all the playoff teams, the guys still alive. They're usually the most healthy, you yep. know? So I do think that that plays a factor. I do. And, and coach rule, everything I've heard and seen seems like he's really building a, a culture that, that has some substance, substance to it, you know, like there's, it's rock solid right now. And, um, that's a good thing. The foundation is important, and uh, I feel pretty optimistic about the direction they're heading in. Did you have a chance to have a chance to and talk with Coach Rule? Uh, not in length, not in length, uh, but I do know you know a couple guys on the staff, and obviously spent some time uh, up in the business office, and um, even some of my former teammates are still on the team, and I think there's a reason why those guys they want to go back, and and that matters. I'm going to ask you the hardest question about Nebraska, Nebraska football. Anybody could ever ask. It's 
It's been 20 years. For whatever reason, they turn the ball over constantly. It's just been through different or different coaching staffs, different players. Is there a common thread? Why do you, why do you think that for 20 years now, Nebraska's turned the ball over more than any other country, any other team in the country? Well, despite those those different coaching staffs, the yeah. different philosophies, you know, different offenses, the whole bit. I think something in that is that there's they're for different reasons. I don't think you can point to the same thing and say, you know, under Frost and when I was there, um, we turned it over. And then this last year, it's the same reason. It's it's not. They're different mm-hmm. players, different schemes. Um, in my mind, when I was at K-State, that's one of the only things I can draw back to. Yeah, Turnovers is one of the distinct stats of the game that tells you, hey, is this team going to win or not? And that third downs – explosive plays. There, there are a couple of key metrics that you can always look at and a team will win games. And, and really, I think if there's a common thread, it's that. It's that Nebraska hasn't won as much as they'd like to the last 20 years. They've turned it over way too much. Mm. And that's probably the key reason why. You know, it, it's hard to point to one reason, but I know it's being addressed. And sometimes, again, all you can do is, is coach, have your guys play as hard as they can and really hone in on those details and then go execute. So it's, almost, so it's almost chicken and egg thing. So you're losing. Maybe that's why you're having turnovers. You're having turnovers. You're having turnovers. It's why. Yes. You know, and, and it's uh, it's perplexing. You know, it is. And uh, as a fan now, it, it's it's even frustrating for me. You know, I was in the stands for the Iowa-Nebraska game. Ugh. I was like, man, that, that, one, that one hit close to home. You know, that one hurt. That one hurt me. So um, it's, it's interesting. You know, I, I don't think. Just for this last season, I don't think having three quarterbacks helps that. I don't think the receivers being healthy, um, that helps that issue. Uh, but but for me, I, I look at the run game. I look at a sustainable play-action game off of it as being some some key points of emphasis that could help make the passing game easier. Former Husker and, of course, Kansas State Wildcat, Adrian Martinez joining us here. One of my favorite coaches I've had to cover since I've been covering Nebraska was Mario Verduzco. Uh, been in touch with, with Coach Verduzco? Uh, have, have you talked to him recently? How's he? He's doing well. He's doing well. He's up in Florida enjoying much better weather than we are here. So <laughs> yeah. I don't think he has any complaints. I know his son just finished up med school. And, uh, you know, not to not to knock the guy, but he is kind of getting older now. So he, he's training quarterback still, but I think he's enjoying where he's at. What was it about him? Because I would – I would DM him sometimes about something that Coach Walsh had done, about me, about meepies. What was it about him that made him the coach that he was? I think a healthy obsession, you know, a healthy obsession. He, he went to school to, to study biomechanics and not for any normal reason besides coaching quarterbacks. You know, I think his passion just bled into everything that he did as a coach. And it really rubbed off on us players. And it's something to admire. You know, when someone's that passionate about what they do, um, it's inspiring. And, and I think he's just such a different guy and kind of lives in that and is so comfortable in his skin. It's not something everyone can say. We always talk, we always talk a place like Nebraska. You had a garage side sale summer in Papillion and so many Husker fans came out. What was it like talking with them and the little interactions you had with them when you were, when you were doing that this summer? It was a blessing. You know, I, I find it's it's hard to get the exact right words to describe it. Um, I think I, I get more appreciative of the fact that I did it and 
had that experience, the further away I get removed from it. Um, I had way too much stuff, you know, I had way <laughs> too much stuff and I needed to get rid of some of it. And I didn't necessarily want to sell it all to, you know, a collector. And so we figured that was the best way to do it. Had a great turnout and I didn't realize it at the time. You know, I take out a piece of, you know, a shirt that some kid wanted to buy. Like, yeah. man, this is this is from my freshman year. You know, mm -hmm. this is from the Northern Illinois game my sophomore year. This is, oh, I got this during, you know, fall camp of, of junior year. Little things like that, having these memories and being able to share them with fans and with people that care about the Huskers. Um, it was cool. It was a very cool experience. Yeah. Be a cliche question, but what's your best memory of those four years when you're in Nebraska? Yeah, it's it's tough to pick one. It's tough to pick one. I, I'd say my favorite game, Michigan State, my freshman year, playing oh, yeah. in the snow, winning mm -hmm. nine six, just a gritty game. And my roommate at the time, Barrett Pickering, uh, <laughs> having the having the game of his life, you know, in the wind and and all that. Um, you know, it's it's the little things. It's like going to Bison Witches down the street eating with my fiance and, you know, having people come up and, and just thank me for, for playing for the team. You know, mm. it's, it's little things like that, that they go a long way because Nebraska football, there's, there's nothing you can say about it, all the negatives, whatever, how special it is here, the passion the fans have, it's unlike anything. And so really just having that experience, I, I feel fortunate to have it fortunate to, uh, you know be able to relay that to my family and, and hopefully pass it down to my kids i'm gonna um um take this mom and ask you this question i've heard you say fiance several times when's the wedding when, when are you guys gonna tie the knot <laughs> uh 2025 yeah so we got some time now we got yeah. some time it's gonna be in the summer we're actually doing it uh here in nebraska um so i'm excited about that not too much pressure right now to to get everything <laughs> figured out but man let me tell you it is it's not cheap. It's not cheap I to know. get married. I know. <laughs> I, know, I know, definitely. Even though mine was 17 years ago. Um, let me ask you about, how about, how'd you, how'd you, I'm always curious about proposals. How'd you, how'd you ask her? Uh, so I, I took her to a winery. Um, one of our couple friends had her believe that we were going to meet them there. Uh, as soon as we got there, we took a tour of the inside and then mm. we had a, a little flight of wine. Um, and then the owner came up and asked if we wanted to go on this tour outside. Of course I had set this all up, but right. you know, it was supposed to be like spur of the moment, like, yeah, sure. Let's go outside. And, uh, we went out there, the owner eventually left and I walked her down to this bridge that had this, um, you know, arch of flowers and it was kind of all set up right there. <laughs> we had a, a couple of photographers and the photographers, sprinted out of the bush they were hiding they sprinted out of just appeared out of nowhere uh and yeah it was pretty special that's awesome man good job by you uh, yeah. uh we always it's always great chatting with you and and good and good luck going forward thank you all right welcome back to let it fly show we appreciate the supernovas being on with us that was awesome again first serve Seven o'clock, a little bit after seven o'clock on January 24th in the CHI Center. Go to the website, supermovas.com, and uh, buy tickets and check everything out and keep up with the information. And uh, it's going to be fun. You know, I remember talking with a lot of young women who played basketball, the college level, and then had to go play overseas. And they were so happy for the WNBA to come along and some other women's leagues back in the day. Same thing true here. These women go play all over the world. 
they're away from their fans, away from their friends and all that stuff. And then now they can come back here and play in the States, which is pretty awesome as well. Special thanks to the Supernovas. Uh, Adrian Martinez for joining us as well. We appreciate him coming on with us. Executive producer Phil McLean. Bal, King Bal, Elvis on the board. Max here as well. Pittman and Meg was taking pictures as well. We appreciate all of them for being a part of it. Special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Bud Light. Just like when you're hanging out here at the Let It Fly Sports Bar, Bud Light brings you easy drinking and easy buckets throughout Nebraska. Easy to drink and easy to taste. We appreciate Bud Light for being our presenting sponsor. And in the words of my co-host who's not here this week, as Josh Jones would say, you know how we do it. Let It Fly show. See you next week.